My name's Brendan Wren. I'm Dean of the Faculty of Infectious and Tropical Diseases. And my main research interest is, is how bacteria cause disease. And through understanding these basic processes, we've uh, made a new way in which you can make vaccines, a new vaccine platform technology that can make vaccines against bacteria uh, very low cost. Why is this area of research necessary? And I guess where does it fit into the importance of today's kind of whole vaccine pipeline? Vaccines have been one of mankind's greatest inventions, but we still don't have vaccines against all organisms, particularly against some of the uh, most dangerous pathogens. And even where we do have vaccines, they only cover against some of the strains and not against all of the strains. So, for example, glycoconjugate vaccines have been proven to be very useful against strep pneumonia, haemophilus influenza and other diseases, but they're very expensive to make. So our new vaccine technology can make these in E. coli. They can make them very cheaply, clonal amounts, so you have an inexhaustible and renewable supply of pure material. And because we can do this in a one-step process, uh, they are very cheap. They're, we propose that they be cost about $1 a dose as compared with $50 a dose for the current strep pneumonia vaccine. So how are the current ones produced, I guess, in summary, that makes them so expensive? The, the capsule or the uh, glycan has to be purified from the organism and then it has to be chemically synthesised onto a protein to make the protein-glycan combination that is effective in vaccines. This is a multi-step procedure and uh, although it's been made for three major diseases, um, it is very expensive. Uh, Commercially, um, it's quite expensive to produce. So glycoconjugate vaccines have been shown to be very effective because you get long memory, you get T-cell dependent and T-cell independent response and this means that they're very effective vaccines and that they can be used in children as well. But the problem is they're quite expensive to make. Could you, I guess, break down how your process works? You mentioned the use of E. coli and I guess therefore being able to make a much greater supply. But how did you develop that platform and I guess how does it really work? So this came from some basic research uh, I did about 17 years ago and a genome project on Compilobacter jejuni, which is the leading cause of uh, food poisoning worldwide. And when we looked at the gene sequence, we noticed this unusual pathway in there that looked like it's a, a glycosylation pathway, and that hadn't really been seen in bacteria before. And we noticed one enzyme there that coupled the sugar to the protein, uh, and we were able to put this in E. coli to start to be able to produce recombinant glycoproteins in E. coli. So that was the basis of the technology. But it all came from basic curiosity-driven research where well, we noticed this enzyme and we went on to characterise it and therefore use it to produce recombinant glycoconjugate vaccines. Is this something that could be then applied to a whole range of other diseases to readily kind of provide what you need to kind of instigate immunity? Oh yes it can because we can almost now pick any protein and put it with any glycan. So the ability to couple any protein with any glycan uh, means that we can have multiple combinations of vaccines. So therefore, it's, we could choose any glycan and any protein. We can go beyond the current vaccines, glycoconjugate vaccines that are available. So I should say that glycoconjugate vaccines are very successful. Uh, over a billion doses have been used in humans worldwide. 
um, but they're only used for three di- diseases at the moment. And we hope to do uh, glycoconjugate vaccines against many more diseases. What are the three di- current diseases? So that's against uh, haemophilus influenzae, Neisseria meningitis and streptococcus pneumoniae. But as I mentioned previously, the way they're produced at the moment is quite expensive. And for streptococcus pneumoniae, it only covers against 10 of the 90 different variants there are. So if we can do this efficiently in E. coli, we can protect against all of the different strep pneumoniae variants that are out there and, and do this cheaply. So where are you now with that process? We're at a stage where we know we can produce these in E. coli. We, we believe that we have even more efficient uh, vaccines than those that are, are marketed at the moment. We've tested those in animals, in mice, in the mice model of infection, and in in vitro assays, and the data looks very good. Um, But now we'd need to scale those up and get them licensed. Uh, That may take some time. Um, We're we're hoping to work with some big pharma companies that that will help uh, expedite that. Or we could uh, do this uh, under our, our own company here at the London School. We have a, a spin-out company at the school to develop this technology uh, for veterinary purposes. So because we believe now that we can make these combination vaccines very cheaply, it opens up the market for, for the farmers to have these. They have to be cheap for farmers to use. So there are multiple incentives to do this for livestock not just the fact it's cheap, but because we could protect against more than one disease, then it'd be more of appeal to farmers. And also, if vaccinology takes off amongst veterinary medicine, that that may prevent farmers from using antibiotics, uh, which gets into the food chain. So there are implications here for antimicrobial resistance to try to prevent that. So if we had really good vaccines that are effective in farm animals, then less antibiotics would be used. I guess there are so many diseases out there that don't currently have vaccines against them. How do you go about deciding which ones this technology could be used to tackle? The decision is actually made by whoever funds it, to be honest. So at the moment, uh, we have a a good prototype vaccine for tularemia, which is a highly infectious disease found in some parts of the world, parts of Scandinavia and parts of the U.S., and we also work on another organism that's highly dangerous, uh, meliodosis, that's a bit problematic in northeast Thailand and uh, parts of Australia. Um, there's big concern about these organisms because uh, they have a low infectious dose and can c- kill quite quickly. Um, and at the moment, uh, uh, DSTL, that's the Defence Science Technology Labs, have been funding us for the last five years to use our platform technology to, to make these vaccines. So we can readily make the candidates very quickly in E. coli, but the bottleneck is really testing them. Uh, So they have been tested in mice and rats. That takes some time, uh, and results are good. Uh, But we can actually make the candidates for testing quicker than they can actually be tested. So is that essentially what you're waiting on now, as well as perhaps maybe even looking at other candidates? Is this kind of next step of it being tested and then going through the stages accordingly? Yeah, the next stage is then being tested, but that's beyond our expertise uh, at the school. Uh, So uh, we'd go into uh, partnership with the US and the UK Defence, who would uh, test those further uh, and and in the longer term towards uh, licensure. Is there anything beyond that that you see as the kind of end goal for this technology? 
I'd like to uh, push the strep pneumonia vaccine as, as far as possible. Uh, more than a, a million children still die worldwide of the disease, despite the fact there, there is a vaccine, although it's not as effective as it should be. It's just too expensive. Uh, so there's a real incentive for us to produce these at a lower cost and to be more efficacious and to cover as many strep pneumonia strains as possible. The advantage of doing that at a school is that for pneumococcal research, we have world experts who who do the, the modelling, who do the field trials, phase one, phase two, phase three and phase four. All parts of Africa, they can compare one Pacific island against another in the trials. And we have people who, who know about vaccine uptake, uh, vaccine economy and nutrition as well. So that's one of the advantages at the school, that we can take the pneumococcal work from, from bench to bedside.